we'd like to welcome you to our emergency freedom alerts for August 15th, 2022. Um, kind of a interesting study we've got today. Uh, a lot of different subjects we're going to be covering. I'll go ahead and open us up in the uh, prayer to neutralize occult rituals, rotating the warfare prayers. Father God, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, the Lamb that was slain before the foundation of the earth, seated at the right hand of the Father, we come in the authority given to us in Christ Jesus. We place a hedge of warring angels with flaming swords of fire around us and our families continuously. We put on the whole armor of God. We resist and renounce Satan, the God of this earth. We rise to war by the power of the Holy Spirit against witchcraft, occult maneuvers, and devices sent against your will in the body of Christ. We ask you to dispatch legions of warring angels in full battle array to enforce our petitions and intercessory prayers. Route your enemies on all fronts. Turn their hatred, anger, accusations, conflict, arrogance, and wicked schemes upon themselves so that they become caught in their own snares and fall into the pits that they have intended for others. We nullify, cancel, and oppose every satanic operation, scheme, maneuver, and strategy. Cause secret plans, agendas, and motivations of the enemy to be revealed for everyone to see. We decree and declare that what these evil people and entities meant for evil, that you will turn it around and use it for the good of your people. We close every evil portal that has been opened by them. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and his shed blood, we break and cancel every curse, spell, hex, vex, charm, enchantment, decree, spoken or unspoken, sent against the body of Christ, the innocent, and your intercessors, by every witch, warlock, Satanist, sorcerer, voodoo, priest, shaman, soothsayer, medium, coven, and every minion of the devil working iniquity. May they fall into the very pits that they have dug for others. Lord Jesus, reveal your love to them. Save those that can be saved. Show them the truth about who they're serving and their eternal destination if they continue in the present path. Open their minds and their ears to receive the supernatural insight and knowledge to understand the truth of the gospel. Bring them to salvation. We seal this prayer by the blood of the Lamb, and in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ we pray. Amen. Okay, so the first little report, it's not it's not a lot. It, you're you're going to have to actually look at the PDF for this date. A lot of different pictures I put in this. And um, it's I entitled The Satanic Temple Puts Up Billboards Stating Abortions Save Lives. And here you can see one of these abortions. It's on, clearly on some type of, I'm sure, major road. I don't exactly know where. But it, in bold letters it says, Abortions Save Lives. And then under it says, our religious abortion ritual adverts many state restrictions. So now they're basically advertising right out in the open that, um, now abortions have always been child sacrifice. But now we're getting to the point in America where they're openly advertising that, you know, uh, well, they're saying abortion save lives, which really works out good for the baby when you abort your baby it definitely saves the life of the baby right i mean obviously that's what because the only thing that matters when a woman gets pregnant is her choice to murder the baby that's really the only thing that matters evidently in the eyes of the liberals and, and the satanist and the lgbtq and anybody on the side of evil the only life they're referring to supposedly is the life of the mother in the rare event that the having the baby is putting the mother's life at risk. In the very rare event. They're going to act like it's you know every other pregnancy that that's happening. So again, it's this oxymoron. It's this, you know, 
up is down, right is wrong, uh, evil is good. And the Bible says, woe unto them that call evil good and good evil. It's this disconnect where they can say, as their main slogan, abortions save lives. No, they take lives. They murder babies. But if you're demon-possessed to the toenails, no, no, no. Good is evil. Abortions save lives. Everything's opposite world. Our religious abortion ritual averts many state restrictions. So come and get your child ritually. Join our, our death cult that'll take you straight into hellfire and then the lake of fire. But our religious abortion rituals, child sacrifice, but now it's coming more out in the open where it's like, okay, well, let, let's let's at least strip the veneer of, of, of it being some wonderful medical procedure. I mean, from that standpoint, at least this is more honest. At least it's out in the open now of what their abortions really are. See, this is part of their religion. Our religious abortion ritual averts many state restrictions because it's under the guise. This is why people that practice voodoo or Santeria or some, let's say, Caribbean or African type magic, why they can get exemptions in their thing of sacrificing animals. It's the exact same concept, but now it's sacrificing human beings, which is, of course, totally fine in our wonderful uh, day and age we're living in. And it literally has a their logo, the Satanic Temple, with, with the picture of Baphomet and the big upside-down pentagram, the, the goat of Mendez, Baphomet, the, the goat, within the pentacle, which is the five-pointed star inside a circle, uh, which is, you know, black witchcraft it's overt black black witch. now you know supposedly when the point is up it's white witchcraft and that's just as bad it's just actually it's kind of worse in a way because a lot of people that get into witchcraft and this is the whole thing about shows like well that that um desensitize you to all this all the witchcraft shows about oh we're doing white witchcraft we're doing good witchcraft there is no such thing as good witchcraft in the bible the punishment for being a witch whether you were thinking you were doing good or whether you knew you were overtly doing evil was death and the bible says rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft so witchcraft in god's eyes is the ultimate form of you rebelling against god and the highest level of practicing witchcraft in God's eyes would be ritual child sacrifice. We talked about that a lot last week when we talked about Molech. And, you know, you've got your deities of, of overt child sacrifice. You know, key in abortion in, in the keyword search box at contendingfortruth.com. I've done many, many, many studies on, on this subject. But you've got your different deities, Chemosh, Molech, Lilith. Artemis. These are some of the main deities associated with ritual human child sacrifice. And they'll openly tell you this is how we practice our religion. The one lady that I've quoted so much that um, wrote that one book, she was from France, and she said, you practice your religion, I'll practice mine. My religion is ritual child sacrifice. So this is how they're justifying it because, you know, 
And when you legalize the murdering of your child, you can amalgamate this into your religion. And this is what they're uh, this is what they're doing. And then we have another picture here. They're in front of the Capitol. The, I mean, these they're always just like the most degenerate looking uh, people because they're of their father the devil and of his works and of his lust and they want to look like the demons that possess them i really believe they're all dressed in they're always dressed in black black top to, and you know i think that that there's concepts there guys regarding colors that you even wear even if you even go to new age sites or like hindu sites or even even they'll tell you don't wear black it, it attracts dark energies now you could say, well, yeah, but they're new age. What do they know? Uh, I'm just saying. I'm just saying you might want to think about black in particular. What I mean, it's always representative, typically of. Um, you, you look at, <laughs> um, not Aleister Crowley. Of course, I'm sure he he was big into that. But the guy that char that started the uh, Anton Lavey, you know, the first Church of Satan every single time you see these people in any of these religious things or goths who are obsessed with death they're always dressed basically head to toe in black black even the Baphomet flag they're carrying is black and in the religious liberty for all oh yeah right right yeah except for christians they're holding up a sign it's all black they're dressed in black they have typically they'll dye their hair black and all I'm saying is that you got to think there's got to be something to that. There's got to be some spiritual significance regarding that. And I need to kind of do a study on that eventually. And I don't want to get so, too much in, oh, you, you got to wear this color. But think about it like in the Bible where it says, I mean, um, here, I'll just give you an example. I mean, the Bible says, he that overcometh the same shall be clothed in white raiment, I mean, white clothing. And I will not blot out his name out of the book of life, but I will confess his name before my father and before his angels. Revelation 3, 5. Uh, then Revelation 3, 18. This is to the churches. Okay. I counsel thee to buy me gold tried in the fire and that thou mayest be rich and white raiment that thou mayest be clothed. It doesn't say black raiment. It says white raiment, white clothing. Uh, then Revelation 4.4, 4, and round about the throne were four and twenty seats, and upon the seats I saw four and twenty elders sitting clothed in white raiment, and they had on their heads crowns of gold. Um, then Matthew 17.2, and was transfigured before them, and his face did shine as the sun, and his raiment was white as light, meaning uh, Jesus. This is when Jesus was transfigured. Um, then Matthew 28, 3, and his countenance was like lightning and his white and his raiment white as snow. Uh, Mark 9, 3, and his raiment became shining exceedingly white as snow. So as no fuller on earth can white them. I mean, like the, it doesn't snow a lot where I'm at up here. Uh, I'm kind of in the foothills of the mountains of North Carolina, but it's amazing that when it does, like if it's sunny out, afterward and you go out it's almost like oh my word i mean it's so bright because the sun's reflecting off the white off the snow and it's like whoa and i mean this is why i believe that um well i've, I've seen a lot of things where like people get um oh 
they get caught in like blizzards and they have to like um or afterward they have to like make sure that their their glasses there's only a little little sliver they can look through because they can get um i think it's like snow blindness or something like that where the the sun's reflecting off the snow it's too bright it's so bright and white and it's too much for for the eyes to even handle um but you see all these positive mega 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 positive connotations with the color white what's the opposite of white black I mean you you think you use those as parallels you you know evil versus good well white versus black and these types of connotations um luke 9 29 and as he prayed the fashion of his countenance was altered and his raiment was white and glistening um okay, and then this just this verse just popped into my mind and the the bible says that jesus said that when the holy spirit when he, he says, it's more expedient that I go, it's better, Jesus said, that I go. Because when I go, I will send the Comforter. And the Comforter will, will bring into these things into your remembrance, whereby which I taught you. It will be cause, caused to, and that's the Holy Spirit that lives inside a born-again believer. Now, I, I know I was paraphrasing there. But a lot, I wasn't planning on covering this today at all. The subject I'm covering now, I was, I was planning on covering it kind of in the future. But... Revelation 19 7 let us be glad and rejoice and give honor to him for the marriage of the lamb has come and his wife hath made herself ready and to her was granted that she should be arrayed in fine linen now this is the this is the bride of Christ this is what we are all made up as uh, made up we make up the body of uh, Christ the bride of Christ born again believers okay and to her was granted that she should be arrayed in fine linen clean and white for the fine linen is the righteousness of the saints. And the white raiment has to do with the righteousness of the saints. At least in part. Okay. Um, and it says unto me, Right, blessed are they that are called unto the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he saith unto me, These are the true sayings of God. So, all I'm saying is that white is typically associated with very, very good things in the bible the most holy things in the bible you can't say that about the color black <laughs> and you look in this world who is obsessed with black i mean just i don't know a couple things here regarding black um jeremiah 4 27 for thus hath the lord said the whole land shall be desolate yet i will not make a full end for the earth shall mourn and the heavens above be black because i've spoken it i've purposed it and will not repent neither will i return my back from it i mean this was a form of black being mentioned with god's judgment jeremiah 14 2 judah mourneth and the gates thereof languish they are black under the ground and the cry of jerusalem has gone up um okay then revelation 6 5 and when he'd opened the third seal and i heard the third beast come and see and beheld lo a black horse and he that sat on him had a pair of balances in his hand um, if we go to that a little bit further, uh, and I heard a voice in the midst of the four beasts saying a measure of wheat for a penny and three measures of barley for a penny. Now I've done, I've done studies on this many times regarding the famine that's coming, the pestilences and the famine that's coming and how much it's going to drive up food prices. And this is where it basically says how it's going to be basically a day's wages just for a measure of wheat, which would just be enough for a normal man of a normal appetite to eat for a day 
okay, a whole day's wages, okay, and that, that word penny had a different connotation. It basically meant like a whole day's wages in that particular regard. It's not like the penny we think of. And this is why you have to define things in the Bible um, within their context. And I, I've done whole studies on this, but that's associated with the black horse. So let's go further. I think there's one more verse here. Uh, yeah, Revelation 6.12. Uh, let me just click on that. And I beheld, and he had opened the sixth seal. So we talked about the third seal. And lo, there was a great earthquake, and the sun became black as sackcloth of hair, and the moon became as blood. And the stars of heaven fell unto the earth, even as a fig tree casteth her untimely figs, when she is shaken of a mighty wind. And the heaven departed as a scroll, and it ruled together, and every mountain and island were moved out of the place. It's just another one of the uh, the um, judgments of the Lord here. And it's associated with the uh, sun becoming black as sackcloth of hair. So, again, pretty easy to contrast between the colors of white and black in the Bible. Okay, it's pretty, pretty simple to do such a thing. So, I wasn't really meaning to cover that today, but it's just, it's, it's very, like, I'm looking at the Satanic Temple's first annual conference for congregation members and supporters. I, ta I talked about this at the time. Uh, it was February 11th through 13th of this year. In Scottsdale, Arizona, it was called Satan Con. They really had this. It was in Scottsdale. I, I think it fizzled pretty good. I think a lot of people were praying about it, and it did fizzle pretty good. But it, and it shows, you know, a picture of Baphomet, the goat of Mendez, with the uh, pentagram on his head, human body pentagram on his head. So like a Nephilim-like uh, hybrid type chimeric creature. Um, kind of human body but then goat legs and uh, angel wings whatever but again i don't see a lot of bible for angel wings uh if you look in the bible when angels appear they always appeared as men typically good looking men okay if you look in the bible the bible does talk about one time where women appeared with wings and they said this is wickedness now, I've done a whole study on that, um, just keying women angels, or probably angels, and you'll find it. Not a very long study. I believe it's from Zechariah or Zephaniah, one of those two books, and we talk about that. It was not, not an endorsement for women that appear with wings in the Bible. It's only mentioned one time, and it said, this is wickedness, and it was associated with Babylon. So... Um, I'm not an advocate for teaching that angels, they have to appear with wings and these types of things. Uh, I'm not saying that they couldn't, but in the Bible, when they manifest, particularly New or Old Testament, they appear as men, typically. Um, you could t entertain angels unaware, and in that regard, if you're ch entertaining angels unaware, they're, and you're not aware of it, you're just going to think they're a normal person. I've heard many accounts of Christians that have had those types of encounters and they didn't appear with as angels with wings. So just be careful with the whole thing. I mean, my mom, I remember before she passed, you know, a lot of people that are involved in the new age, like my mom was, you know, they're, they're obsessed with, you know, they don't want anything to do with God, but they have all these little figurines of angels with wings. It's like, why, if you didn't want anything to do with God, why do you have all these angels with wings? And 
stuff. You don't want to bring that stuff in your house. It's As far as I'm concerned, you're, you're probably bringing in a cursed item into your house. The, the Bible says that we're not, you, you can get into idolatry. You can get into, oh, you know, that type of thing. You be getting into like bringing a cursed object into your house. Um, having anything that represents God that you bow yourself down to. I would not get into any of that. Having those pictures of Sananda Emmanuel or Master Jesus, the, the, the guy that supposedly looks like Jesus, which is nothing more than the Ascended Master fake knockoff Jesus that's going to appear when the Ascended Masters make their big debut and deceive the Christians because he's going to look just like all those pictures that are in all these churches, Catholic, uh, Protestant, you name it, the good-looking Adonis Jesus, and that's just key in Master Jesus in the keyword search box at contendingfortruth.com. He's also called Esau Sananda Emmanuel. He's a fake knockoff. We don't, we don't even know what Jesus looks like. In fact, the earliest depictions of Jesus were like, if there was any accuracy, he was not an Adonis-looking Jesus. Now, I don't even know if those were even accurate, but they didn't look like the ones that we got mostly, most likely from um, Michelangelo, from the Catholic Church. Um, I went into, I've went into that in detail when I've done studies on this. And you can look at the PDFs I've put out and look at that whole thing. Uh, the Bible talks about it's that it says there was no beauty in him that we would desire him in the Old Testament regarding the coming Messiah, coming Jesus. So I don't believe he was this Adonis looking, really super good looking guy. That's not what the Bible predicted he would even look like. Um, anyway, I get into that in detail scripturally. Just came Master Jesus. Um, or Esau, Sananda, Emmanuel. Um, and you will find that. But see, that that by itself, what I just said, that one thing is going to be enough for, I dare I say, millions and millions and millions of people to buy into the coming deception, the really the strong delusion that the Bible talks about in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, hook, line, and sinker. Because they might be on the fence about, well, I mean, Jesus is coming with all these other religious leaders. Like, there's Muhammad, and then, there, and then there's all these ascended masters saying that, you know, we're your creators, and, and we created you, and the Bible got all messed up, and look at our 20-foot-mile UFO, or whatever whatever they're going to point to, whatever satanic parlor trick. The Bible says that when the Antichrist and the false prophet come, they're going to come with all signs and lying wonders. It's going to be the greatest lying signs wonders miracle thing you've ever seen and most people will buy into something like that because it appeals to the flesh they're supposedly seeing it with their own eyes that's all it's going to take for most people is what i'm telling you then you have all the devils and demons and evil entities that you can't see influencing these people toward believing this lie Jesus said, a wicked and adulterous generation seeketh a sign. we got to be really, really careful about, about letting signs and these types of things determine our theology and what we believe. We, you need to stick with the Word of God and the King James Bible and just go by that. Take it to the Lord in prayer. I mean, I'm not saying God can't show you a sign, but if those signs are contradicting, contradicting 
what the word of God's telling you, you go with what the word of God's telling you. As opposed to believing some lying sign and wonder, which are clearly going to be coming according to the Bible. It, the, the Bible says that the, the primary means by which the Antichrist and false prophet are going to deceive the whole world is through their miracles, signs, and lying wonders. That's the primary way it's going to happen. Because most people are ruled by their flesh. Most people are going to go with whatever their heart's telling them. And the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked who can know it. He who trusteth in his own heart is a fool, the Bible says. There is a way which seemeth right unto a man. It's going to seem really right. Whoa, wow, wow, look. Look at the Antichrist and false pride. They got rid of the wicked, evil cabal. They got us out of probably World War III at that time. They got us out of this big, horrible logjam that the world was in. They're going to give us world peace. They're going to give us all the stuff. They're going to give us cures to cancer and, 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 and remove the wicked cabal that had us repressed and all this other stuff. Well, it's going to seem right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. Devil's good at what he do, he's done. He's had thousands of years to hone and perfect his craft. And he's got, you know, his supporting cast of devils, demons, you know, evil entities and people and non-human entities and half-human entities and only God knows what else to help him. It's their satanic army. And they're focusing all their efforts into deceiving humanity. So ultimately, the whole, the whole goal of the ultimate thing because Satan knows where he's ultimately going. He just wants to get as many people ultimately into the lake of fire with him as possible. Hell first and then the lake of fire. That's the whole goal of him. Because he, he knows where he's going. He knows. So at the end of the day, that's, that's really what it all boils down to. 2 Timothy, Timothy 3.7 says, Ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Now as Jannes and Jambres withstood Moses, so do these also resist the truth. Meaning, and again, what I'm showing you here are these pictures of, you know, abortion save lives, the billboard, uh, these uh, Satanists um, on, the, on the, the steps of, I, I, it's some state capital holding up their, dressed in black, holding up their black signs, and then the Satan Con, you know, advertisement for 2022 in Scottsdale, Arizona. Now, as Janice and Jambres withstood Moses, so do these also resist the truth. Men of corrupt minds reprobate concerning the faith. They don't, the, the Bible says they do, they did not like to retain God in their knowledge. They've been turned over to reprobate minds to do those things which are not convenient. Now, that's Romans 1, and that's regarding the gays, the lesbians and the gays, bisexuals. You know that Christian cinema says she's openly a bisexual, that, that devil from Arizona and Congress. I, I think she just sold us out again. But, you know, a lot of people don't turn to the media. They'll praise her when she does something supposedly good. And, and it's like, why wouldn't you just call this devil out for what it is? And then, you know, this is kind of along those lines. Ex-feminist exposes the real agenda behind the feminazi movement. Now, this is an ex-blue hair, 
feminist. And I'm just, it's only, it's not even two minutes, but she's going to kind of give it to you in a nutshell about what is the um, real agenda behind the feminazi movement. So I want to go to this video here, covering some some well-tread ground, but doing it in a very good way that I think can can break through to people that are still under the illusion, still in that hypnotic state of believing just anything that the the left ever says. So let's go down to this uh, young lady talking about how she escaped feminism and why. Here it is. Feminism is a scam. A few years ago, I was an angry, blue-haired feminist. I once believed that male privilege was real and that I was a victim of the wage gap. Now that I understand the true motives of feminism, I know that this could not be further from the truth and that modern-day feminism is a war on true masculinity. Before women had the right to vote, most were stay-at-home wives, which meant they weren't working jobs and couldn't be taxed. Our overlords didn't like that. Rockefeller started funding feminist campaigns in media and as a consequence of the movement women started entering the workforce and leaving the home children would then be separated from their parents and sent to rockefeller funded schools to be indoctrinated by the state that was one of the main things to break up the family unit the feminine whole feminazi movement break up the family union which what 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 is that well it's totally basically saying what the bible warns against i mean the bible talks about you know you know biblical unions and men and women and, and the men the man should be the provider of the home okay bible's pretty clear on that now i understand there can be whatever i i get it but just saying overall that's a gigantic goal of satan is to destroy the family unit to you know at bare minimum if you're going to have kids make sure the state is raising them or bare minimum some you know, a daycare and, and, or, you know, not definitely not a, anything Christian oriented, maybe just some regular daycare. And man, I remember going to, to daycares when I was wee little, Woo. man, I went to this one, the first one I ever went to, my mom was in the phone company. My dad worked a full-time job and, you know, my mom was real big time product of the sixties and you know feminist new age now she wasn't like hardcore like she she wasn't like as far as the feminazi movement but she was very very much a product of that environment and i can remember how traumatizing it was for me to go to this day it was, it was peter rabbit <laughs> i know it sounds funny but i i have very not good memories of that place very like and i don't think anything like sexual like happened or anything like that anything but it was they were very mean i can remember like for nap time like they would go around and they would just walk around with a paddle and if you weren't acting like you were sleeping you'd get your you know your your butt whacked with their paddles and there it was just a very mean not nice and i can remember how relieved I was every single day my mom and came and picked me up. What, what, a, what an incredible relief it was. And then I finally got to the point where, like, we moved to Cape Coral, in where I lived in that area in Southwest Florida. And when I finally was able to, um, I mean, by that time, I would get up, I would, I think, ride my bike to the bus stop. It was a mile away. And then... 
I was so totally self-sufficient at that point. Get back home. I mean, you know, I could have been whatever. Of course, a lot of other kids were lived that way as well. Abductions weren't as common or anything back then. But then I have to ride back. And then I would basically get back home uh, and then wait probably two to three hours or play with my friends and then go back. And, and I was like one of those, uh, I don't know, latch key or whatever had my own key to get in and I was being raised by the state basically because from morning until like at least five o'clock or whatever I was basically on my own that's how I grew up and um you know you can get into a lot of bad stuff especially without any kind of biblical uh, worldview which I did not even have remotely. And I, there was a lot of wicked kids in my neighborhood that didn't have it either. You know, wasn't a good environment. I did not grow up in, in, in a good environment. Did a lot of bad stuff I shouldn't have been doing. You know, um, but that that is a, a great example of just my little experience with the whole mom and dad working and then going to the public school system which was horrific i actually started going to a private school i believe in sixth grade or fifth grade um uh, christian and that was that was better that was definitely better for me and I'm glad my parents did that and even the Catholic high school I think was better than the um, public school I had to had the alternative to go to um, Lord I mean the way I was heading if I would have been in public school I who knows how I would have even turned out I was bad enough in in high school in middle school and afterward until I got saved, and not to say I was any was perfect after that, but you know, obviously, the Lord really started working on me. But I'm just telling you my little experience with the whole thing, and and starting all the way back at that Peter Rabbit daycare, and then I went to like a a Catholic um, uh, daycare, and that was horrible too. Like after, now I never got I never got molested or anything like that. Thank God. But it was it was also just very very cold and and just you know I just this whole family unit thing that started with the feminazi movement and and um, the mothers not raising not being there for the kids I'm telling you it's it's satanic and I understand nowadays you know they, they they've they've structured it in such a way where it's like you know if both people aren't working you can't even whatever. But they've also done this thing where it's like, oh, you got to have the newest of everything. You've got to have a new car and you've got to have this and that. And everybody's in debt up to their eyeballs. So every, they have to work, you know. But that's the whole Madison Avenue. You got to have this, got to have that. A lot of that figured into that. So you're forced into it, kind of. this ultimately disrupting the family unit at its core. Feminism is defined as the belief in social, economic and political equality of the sexes. But in the West, I must ask, what rights do men have that women don't? Modern feminists are convincing women that hookup culture, using hormonal birth control and not shaving is liberation. That toxic masculinity is prevalent. What about, hold on, what about free bleeding? 
What about free bleeding? Come on. Let's if we're going to go there, let's go there. You know, all that stuff she said, what about, you know, that's when you have your cycle as a woman and you just you know, let go with the flow wherever you're at. That they they they're the the extreme sects of feminists believe and teach that. That it's it's I don't know, evidently prejudicial or some type of knock against women if you can't go and free believe everywhere when you're having your cycle look it up if you don't believe me i've talked about it before it's it's insane patriarchy must be dismantled through movies and media we're taught that working for the man climbing the corporate ladder and paying tax is more empowering and valuable than raising the next generation women have lost touch with our natural loving instincts and birth rates are plummeting men and women are not the same and by protesting for equality of outcome rather than opportunity feminists are demonizing and emasculating men yep and that's all the whole the whole and particularly white men particularly white men to me from what I see online are the source of all evil. You, you watch any type of, of, of um, show or even clips and, and it's always, well, I mean, evidently the shows now, the movies that they come out with always have to have some woman at the head of their respective warrior tribe and the woman leads them into battle and, and all, all these women superheroes that you know typically if it's a woman in there she's gonna be able to like annihilate at least 20 to 30 white men at one time while she goes in you know xena warrior princess style you know uh saves the day for satan white men are typically always portrayed as you know the um the worst dregs of humanity they're always the ones if you see you know child molester things or they're always that demographic you can look at some other demographics and far more crimes are committed by other demographics and i'm not even going to get into that whole thing but it's funny how white men are the main thing that's demonized in media on about every single level and the whole patriarchy thing and like I've said before, the Jews, the religious Jews have openly stated, and I'm not going to apologize for the clips I've played regarding the Kabbalistic, Luciferian, Satan-worshipping Jews. Now, I'm not throwing all Jews under the bus. I'm talking about the ones that Satan has put in place to primarily control the world, like the Rockefellers and the Rothschilds and those types. The bloodlines of the Illuminati are mostly of a Kabbalistic, and you could say Kazarian or whatever, Jewish bloodline. Okay, I'm not even going to get into that whole debate, but it's it's a proven fact that they have said that we're our primary target is to eliminate the white races and to breed them out of existence. And this is why you constantly see another thing in movies is always black guy with white woman, white woman with black guy. Um, uh, black woman with white guy. It is constantly, constantly, increasingly shoved down your throat through commercials, through um, these types of things. And that's all by design on purpose. And like I said, the Kabbalistic Luciferian Jews 
have openly stated that that is one of their main goals is to the full eradication of all white people and to breed them out of existence to kill them but to also breed them out of existence and to bring us to our inevitable brown future now i don't know why it's so important to them but it must be important to satan for that to happen because they have openly stated it over and over and over again meaning the brown future meaning um uh commingling and in whites breeding with blacks to bring out this brown future oh now you're really getting prejudicial well all i'm telling you is that's what they've said i'm not going to apologize for something that's come out of satan's mouth and they are a satanic mouthpiece those kabbalistic luciferian loving talmud loving uh ones that call themselves jews that are basically at the top of the food chain now i'm not going to blame them for everything it's a big satanic effort and agenda you've got the vatican you've got the freemasons you've got all kind of other sects of the of the luciferian kingdom out there they do play a major part and um i'm not going to apologize for things that have come out of their mouths does it mean that I'm against all? Obviously, no, it does not mean. I just did a study not too long ago. Is God done with the Jews? No. Bible's super, super clear on that. Super clear. And like I said before, most Jews aren't even like religious. They're not even really that religious, if at all. A lot of them aren't even aware of this stuff. I've got listeners that were that are, you know, born into a Jewish bloodline and they weren't even aware of so much of this this is reserved a lot of times to the people at the very top of the food chain but they're the ones that typically Satan has given the money I mean if, if Satan was able to offer Jesus all the kingdoms of the world if you just bow down and worship him don't you think he's able to give these people financial resources to accomplish his his agenda yeah of course so that's all I'm saying. I, I try to have a balance with these biblical subjects. And, and with Israel and with the Jews, I try to have balance. I'm just not going to give them a free pass like John Hagee does, who says that they don't even need to get saved because of the blood that goes through their veins. And they believe in what they call ethnic salvation, that they don't need to hear the gospel or get saved or anything like that. Well, I mean, the original Jews didn't believe that. The, the apostles, they were Jewish, weren't they? And they're converts. They didn't believe that. But John Hagee does among a lot of other blasphemous things that that devil teaches. And I'm also not going to go so far to the other side of the extreme where I'm going to demonize all Jews and call them all the spawn of Satan and say God's done with them when there's clear scripture that shows you that that is not the case. Okay, and in Romans and Zechariah, just to name a couple places, that that is not the case. There's no way that you could look at scripture as a whole and say God's done with the Israelites. He's not. Okay, so it's important to have biblical balance and to rightly divide the word of truth. All right, let's go further. So this is just a little thing I saw. I, I first got this thing somebody sent to me and I had never thought about it this way, but it shows a picture of um, Baal. Okay, one of the depictions of Baal. And... Um, then it says interesting that the two things that we are being sprayed with meaning the chemtrails 
are barium. Now these are two. There's there's more in there than this, but they're two of the things are barium and aluminum. Well, if you look at them on the periodic table, barium, the symbol for that or the two letter um, acronym for that is BA, and then the one for aluminum is AL. If you combine them together, it's ball, and they're spraying that on us. You spell out ball on the periodic table. I just thought that was kind of interesting. And, and knowing that this is such a satanic thing as we're being sprayed like cockroaches every day. And this has been going on since like the 90s. One of the many agendas, satanic agendas out there. So I, I included the two documentaries. Why in the world are they spraying? And what in the world are they spraying? And if you want to click on this, I'm not going to even get into it any more than that. I'm not even going to get into it, but because they're they're hours long. So if you want to know more about this, there are two full-length documentaries. And then I also posted my chemtrail prayer regarding this subject um, because I advise everyone and have for years to pray against chemtrail planes. And I give you the prayer here. I'm not going to say it here, but you know it's there if you, if you want to look at that. Uh, then another thing, just from a watchman type um, thing to help my listeners, this is sleep paralysis help. So I've gotten some emails over the year about sleep paralysis. And there was a lady that just came out with a book on sleep paralysis that L.A. Marzulli just, he did like a little four-part interview. It's, you know, like 15, 12 minutes a piece. She talks about the book. Um, you know, I'd say glean uh, from what I heard, it sounded pretty, pretty, um, uh, good. I, I really didn't see anything that was, um, that I could say was, you know, huge red flag. Um, now I don't know, you might read the book and there, and there, there might be some huge doctrinal red flags. So I'm just telling you glean, I haven't read the book or anything, but it sounded pretty good. And it's on a subject that. I think a lot of Christians have had problems with in their life. I, I've had it happen to me. Now, I haven't had it happen to me in years, but I believe that's because um, when it did happen to me, I was in the Pentecostal church and I, I probably had a lot of open doors. Um, and I'll give you my testimony on when it did happen to me. And I give you the link here. And it's called My Testimony in Supernatural Experiences. This is from... I did this on September 13th, 2009. So it goes way back. Part one and two. Now, up to that point, that's just a lot of the supernatural things in my testimony that had happened to me up until that point. If you haven't heard it, so it's a really good thing to listen to regarding just building up your faith. You know. So I also gave you the four-part interview from L.A. Marzulli interviewing this lady. Okay. And um, I've never, I don't think I've ever done a part on that. So I wanted to include this. Now, again, I'm not going to really get into it any more than that because the information's here and, uh, you know, it would, it would probably take me at least two parts to cover this, but the information's all right here for you. Uh, then we have this. Now, this is a little bit more of an add-on to what we heard from, oh, the week before last where we were talking about Standeo and Greg Rinchinch, uh, Colonel SC, and regarding that 
higher entities video from the Fall Brothers. And um, this is a little bit of, of them talking about the making that. Okay. And so I'm just going to play about six minutes of it. It's, it's just some more insight. Okay, so I believe this is Justin Fall you're going to be hearing first talking um, about uh, fallen, I believe they're fallen angels that he's talking about here. And, and the, the title of this is Top Secret UFO Projects Declassified Documents Reveal Fallen Angels. They were nine, ten feet tall entities, and they told him that they were preparing for an intergalactic war with God and that they were going to win. What happened was they opened up this portal, they created a rift, and entities began to come through. Not just this horror of Babylon being birthed, but other entities. The federal government at the highest levels have known that these are not space aliens, that these are entities coming from another dimension. Intergalactic war with God, just like, you know, I mean, accumulating in the Battle of Armageddon when Jesus comes back with his saints and vanquishes them. Okay they're deluded they're self-deluded satan and his minions and his fallen angels and devils and demons they're they're self-deluded um but they're going to give it the old college try though my name is westfall and i am part of fall brothers productions and fourth watch films with justin fall and with chad riley and the lord just directed our steps into kind of a full circle we uh we both went to film school justin and i did years ago and we had uh, pay bills doing other things but the Lord brought us back to making films and so it's been a crazy ride but I'm just uh, glad to be here and doing what the Lord's called us to do. My name is Justin Fall and uh, my background is in film production. Uh, I'm a film student from the Art Institute of Atlanta and I'm also a, uh, a career researcher. My main focus in life is to be able to wake up the church. I want to be able to better equip the church and I want them to understand that the times they're going to be coming upon the face of this earth, which we are approaching, uh, no one would deny that crazy prophecies are being fulfilled right now. Things that a hundred years ago, the average Christian would not have understood the scripture the way that they would today, based on the unfolding of events that we're seeing. And so as a career researcher, you know, my ministry is all about equipping the saints for the last days, equipping the tribulation saints, even if you want to use that language, uh, but also to join the conversation of the world. I think that Christians need to be able to join the conversation about the paranormal, about the crazy topics. We need to join that conversation and give a biblical answer that will cause the world to want to draw near unto Christ. Now, see, that is a great, huge swath of why ContendingForTruth.com exists, why I started, you know, this really over 20 years ago. The, the, the actual audio stuff started Sermon Audio in around 2006, 2005. But, I mean, that, I couldn't have really done a better job. There's just very few ministries out there that have that do this. And, and it, it's such a gigantic need that I, to this day, don't really see very, very few um, trying to equip the saints to deal with what is actually coming from a biblical standpoint. Look at this alien question. Uh, you can go back to even uh, the, the past election in 2016. Hillary was talking about how if she won, she was going to open the vault and, and get into basically exposing what the UFOs are and, and the, the alien question. We wanted to look at it in the biblical aspect of it 
and to try to break down, you know, what are we dealing with here? Because the world does have this answer, but as we found out, so does the Bible. Higher Entities, uh, it's a film that deals with a very much political, paranormal conspiracy. We made Higher Entities for, for a lot of different reasons. Uh, the timing of Higher Entities could not have been better because we're dealing with a film that it digs deep into these areas of government alien entity connections. Now, why is that important? Because we're living in a time where... Now, the Higher Entities film is... I played clips from it, oh, I don't know, two, two um, things ago, two teachings ago, uh, though, where you were hearing the Stan Deo talking and, and uh, they were talking about Greg Rinchinch, who I spent the five days with here, really not too far away from where I'm at now in North Carolina. Uh, they were talking a lot about that. And this, this is them talking about the film itself. We understand that the Antichrist is coming on the face of the earth. There will be an Antichrist. And we know that he has fallen angels that are going to be working with him. You know, he's going to have a demonic army. He's going to have all types of lying signs and wonders. The Bible talks about these lying signs and wonders. And if it were possible, the elect would be deceived by his cunning. I believe the aliens yeah. in the last days, which we don't really believe them to be. Yes, and how many of the elect are actually equipped? To resist this cunning, this deception, you know, I, I just don't remember ever being in any church that I've ever been in. Going back to Good Shepherd Lutheran, my first middle school, like I mentioned before, I don't ever then you know Catholic high school, then you know Pentecostal, then Charismania. Independent Fundamental, Unincorporated, King James Only Baptist, then just a regular Baptist. I don't ever remember being in any church I've ever been in hearing about any of these issues ever being equipped in any way, shape, or form to resist the strong delusion that God said he was going to send in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, that they will believe a lie, that they might all be damned to receive not the love of the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. We need to have a love for the truth. But what if you don't even know what the truth is? Well, my church never equipped me at all. Well, shouldn't a pastor, shouldn't a shepherd who's guarding over his sheep, isn't that part of his responsibility? Well, that's just for watchmen. No, no, no. A shepherd's to guard his sheep. A shepherd is to equip his sheep. You know? If you have true love for the sheep, that's what I would think you would do. You would search those things out. You would search out the deceptions that you see clearly coming. This is not that hard to to do. I mean, maybe you could have said it was harder back in the 90s. But I, I mean, the first thing I ever read was in, in route to global occupation. You know. Gary Kahl. And that told me all about it. Now, I understand everybody doesn't have that advantage. I, I really am grateful that that's the way I got led to the Lord through that book. But I don't know. I just feel like this is something pastors should have been doing all along. Going back as far as they could go, you know. To equip the saints for the deception that's coming so that they're not destroyed for lack of knowledge. So that Satan doesn't get an advantage of them because they're not ignorant of his devices like the Bible warns about.
space aliens, and, and we'll get into that here in a few minutes, but I believe that the alien entities, the higher entities, they will likely use some type of a cataclysmic event, something major, whether it's real or, or synthetic. You know, we know about Project Bluebeam. We know about technology where they can project an image in the sky. There's going to be things that come upon this earth that are going to cause men's hearts. In Bluebeam, in the keyword search, I've, I've talked about it many times. One of their ways they can deceive the world is through these gigantic holographic images. I mean, Maitreya, in his, in his own stuff, says that when you see me or whatever in the day of declaration where I'm going to telepathically talk to you in your own head and I'm, I'm going to beam whatever you know you need to hear in order for me to deceive you into your into your head that's what he's saying i'm not saying it's going to happen i'm not saying god's going to let it happen but they do have the technology voice to skull technology v2v um uh they have that type of technology that can beam voices into your head and this is why i think it's very important always to be put in on the full armor of god every day the the, the helmet of salvation protects your head protects your mind you know we should be doing that every day getting right with the lord you know full armor god putting that on every day and then i pray like a psalm 64 and in imprecatory prayers as a way of protection and that that god would judge the wicked that all men would see and fear and declare the work of god that they would wisely consider god's doing meaning it's gonna some of the wicked are gonna wake up and get saved and all the upright in heart with glory. It's going to be a win-win. Um, Psalm 23 is a great one to pray. I mean, I, and that's beyond the other prayers you're doing in the scripture reading and things of this nature. I'm just saying these are some foundational things that I tend to do. And uh, just for just what I do on a daily basis. Fail them. And so, like right now, um, everybody is consumed with uh, this Western civilization of uh, idea of uh, you know going to work and uh, coming home and watching the ball game and getting married, two and a half kids, uh, dog and a cat, that whole deal. Um, there's no that's there's no super there's no room for supernaturalism there. But when that does take place, it's going to flip the world on its head. Um, and so I think that this is kind of like a we've already seen like a soft disclosure take I mean, place. Yeah, people are so deceived and deluded now. Can you imagine when the signs and line wonders and miracles start to come? We haven't even seen that yet. That's why I don't even really think we've seen the strong delusion yet. And that strong delusion, it says, occurs at the exact time that there's a falling away of the church, according to 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 3. The apostasy. The underlying Greek for falling away is apostasy. Apostia. And then, at the same time, that wicked, capital W, the Antichrist, is going to be revealed. So the falling of the way of the church has to happen before the wicked is revealed, essentially. And we're seeing that. We haven't seen the wicked revealed yet, capital W, Antichrist. But that could happen very soon. And I think it's prepping the world for that. But even more so, I believe that it's tying into what the Bible says is going to take place. And ultimately, it's going to be pointing the world towards an Antichrist um, towards a false prophet promoting that Antichrist. He's going to be able to call fire down from heaven. Um, it's going to be some supernatural feats taking place in the eyes of men. And so if, um, if the world doesn't have a supernatural world, world view, um, that's going to give it to them. I think that all this is going to culminate pointing people to 
this so-called messianic figure um, that's going to be in the place of Christ. And for the church, the big thing on, on that end of things is that if they don't have a... Super- oh, but what I was going to say before about Maitreya, and whether it's him or some other ascended master, maybe the whole shebang of the ascended masters appearing at the same time, he said on this day of declaration, you're going to hear me in your own language, in your own head, and whatever. You're going to have all these overwhelming feelings. And... um that they a lot of times what i've seen is that will be coordinated with some big gigantic uh and they've even said this holographic images now they're not going to say they're holographic they're going to say they're real but images of whatever you perceive to be your messiah in the sky for the christians it would be the master jesus the fake knockoff adonis looking jesus that you see in the churches pictures um, for Muslims, it would be the Imam Mahdi. They're coming away to Savior. For the Buddhists, it would be the fifth Buddha. For the Hindus, it would be Krishna. For the Jews, it would be their awaited, whatever they perceive their awaited Messiah would appear as. Gigantic holographic pictures in the skies. They've got that technology with Bluebeam. I understand it wouldn't be perfect because you could say, well, what if there's a whole bunch of people that believe a lot of different things? Well, maybe they'll have multiple ones. Who knows? All I'm saying is they've got the technology to go voice to skull. And um, they've got the technology to put up these holographic images. See blue beam. And this is going to be coordinated with devils and demons being unleashed on a scale to deceive people that we've never known. You can't even see that. And then the media going along with it. Maybe you're going to have 20-mile UFOs appearing. Think of V, the, the miniseries V. Um, it's going to be quite a dog and pony show <laughs> to behold. Natural world view. If, um, if they see this coming upon the, the world, um, if just specifically in Matthew 24, people claiming, uh, people claiming to be anointed, people claiming to be uh, Messiah, which is just another word for anointed, um, and underneath that, anointed for an office, they're going to be coming in the name of Jesus. So they get their foot inside the church doors, and they're saying they're anointed, and they're going to be doing crazy lying signs and wonders. And so that would be um, that would be believing in what they see and what they experience versus having faith in, in God and His Word. No, Jesus said that there, there, there's coming a time. Where they're going to say to him, Lord, Lord, I, you know, I did all this good stuff in your name. The thing that gets my attention there is that he, he mentioned some specifics like casting out demons mm-hmm. in your name. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, there's a major denomination right now that they make their, their big deal on casting out demons. There's a couple of them, actually. There's going to be people I mean, that... Think of Benny Hinn. Think of those that do these public deliverance things in in stadiums and you know they wave their jacket and you know all these people fall down and i listen i've been a part of that i've been there done it big time and um the pull of the flesh is unreal with all that i told you that before i i when i left i had about 10 people follow me out of the pentecostal but it wasn't more than two years they were all back in it from what i from the feedback that i got because the pull of the flesh was so great. It didn't matter what I'd shown them. I mean, I showed them, we looked at 20 hours of footage of 
people like Kenneth Copeland and Benny Hinn. It's called the Toronto Blessing Unmasked, I believe. Um, Benny Hinn and Hagen and Kenneth Copeland and uh, all the guys back in the day that would, you know, do these big deliverance things. And they were nothing more than closet Luciferians, literally. And, and the, the video clearly shows you that they are Satanists. They are Luciferians. And this is why I got so fired up about the Todd Bentley thing, because I had already come out of that type of garbage. I already seen a lot of that. And that's why I believe the Lord led us up there in Lakeland at that uh, airport. It had gotten so big it had to move to this private airport. And me and a listener, Doug, we went up there and we prayed for i don't know a few hours he wasn't even there that day but we were we went up there i believe when god wanted us to be up there and prayed and i saw some of the craziest things and you can hear all about it um just can todd bentley in the keyword search box that was one of the biggest things going on on the planet people were coming from all parts of the world and here me and and just little old me and and my listener doug we went there prayed for a few hours came against it asked god to shut it down within a week it had all fallen apart no more meetings he it had come out that he was cheating on his wife and um there was another thing that happened it just destroyed it they didn't didn't even go to the next weekend two praying people went on site and it was a worldwide supposed really satanic lying signs and wonder type of thing going on two little praying christians go there and it's shut down within a week i'm not going to take any credit for it. i just hopefully i was obedient to what the lord told us to do that is probably of all the things that's ever happened to me as i since i've been a christian from a yeah you have to understand this is really a big deal guys really a big deal back then it was 2008 or something 2007 maybe and that's i'm not saying other people weren't praying about it but that was one of the most miraculous things i have ever seen god do probably the most in my life to see something that ginormous shut down within less than a week of us going there and praying all praise and glory be to the Lord Jesus Christ and Father God. Um, but I, I just, anyway, I just thought I'd, I'd kind of throw that in. I think they're operating in spiritual gifts. Yet Jesus is going to say, I never knew you. But what we're talking about with this, this alien idea, yeah. the aliens are going to be giving different types of experience and, and that's what Todd Bentley was doing too he was you know going up there and but he, he had a little rough approach I mean I, the one where he uh, kicked the pregnant woman with his biker boot you know evidently get the demons out of her he was punching people and stuff and you know that's how he was kind of doing deliverance more, more of a hardcore style of, of uh, deliverance with good old Todd Bentley and that that was why I brought that up you know this is to people this is what people have to understand. The experiences have to be tested with Scripture. Mm -hmm. Because other, otherwise, we're going to accept them because they're supernatural experiences. 
whether it's a supernatural healing, whether it's some type of a prophetic event where they speak a word of knowledge or they know something about your, your history, whatever it may be, the aliens could have a cure for cancer. You know, oh, yeah, yeah. And they, they undoubtedly, I've said that before, they're going to come with all kind of goodies. It's how they came on V, the miniseries, and a lot of other shows, sci-fi shows that will portray this type of thing. They'll come bearing gifts. They'll come as angels of light. The Bible warns about, but the Bible says that Satan can be transformed into what appears to be an angel of light. It's no marvel that his ministers can also appear to be ministers of righteousness. The Bible's very clear on that. That's why we're to test the spirits and to see, you know, are what they're saying and doing, is it lining up with the word of God? But most people don't know what the Word of God says because they really haven't read it. And they're reading, you know, like a living translation or some other translation other than the King James that is watered down. So they're they're not they're not sure, you know. And then if they're sitting under a pastor who's not even giving them the truth, or maybe only giving them a little sprinkling of truth, there's a lot of stuff they've never been warned about. That's why this ministry exists to try to fill in these gaps. For whoever, you know, might need to hear that. Okay, so this is one I, I've had a lot of requests on because uh, I've mentioned it. So I figured I'd just do a tiny little study here on this. And it's called The Portal to Hell. Something Strange is Happening Underground. The mysterious Huska Castle is one of the strangest places you've never heard of. The Huska Castle, um, specifically the chapel, has been constructed over a large hole in the ground that is allegedly a gateway to hell. Now, I'm not saying it's a gateway to hell, but you can kind of make up your own mind um, regarding this, which was said to be so deep that no one could see the bottom of it. Animal and human hybrids were reported to have crawled out of it. Dark-winged, otherworldly creatures flew in its vicinity. Legend has it that when the construction began in the castle, all of the inmates that were sentenced to death were offered a pardon if they consented to be lowered by rope into the hole. Now, this is this is pretty much backed up with multiple eyewitness reports. This what they're saying here, um, and report back what they saw if they were agreed to be lowered by rope into the hole and report back what they saw. When the first person was lowered. And you're going to hear this. It's a little bit redundant, but he began screaming after a few seconds. When pulled back to the surface, he looked as if he had aged 30 years. He had grown wrinkled and his hair had turned white. Now, this can happen, guys. I don't exactly understand the physiological reason, but it can happen. I told you about that witch that tried to ask for project here, and the other witch at the time was actually a listener now, watched her turn, her hair turn gray right in front of her as she was trying to ask for project here. And then she started smashing her head into this stone. It was this, at this old church in Germany and um, bashed her own brains and basically killed herself. Uh, and her hair turned gray right in front of her. So it, it can happen for various reasons. According to the Prague Tourism website, the castle is reputed to have various types of ghosts, a bullfrog human creature, a headless horse, an old woman, as well as remains of demonic beasts who escaped the pit. Again, you know, when you have an area like this that's extremely haunted, uh, the land, I'm sure, really needs to be prayed over. And I don't know if that's ever happened here. But, um, oh, I would love to go there. Oh. <laughs> I would love to go to this place. Um, but 
I, I view places like this as just places that need to be prayed over and you need to claim that land back for God. Because why? Because the Bible says the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof and all they that dwell therein. So I, I don't care if Satan says I own this, right? You don't own anything. Ultimately, when Satan and the devils and the demons and his minions are in the lake of fire, they're not going to claim right to own nothing. If you think about it, <laughs> they're not going to have any deed or ownership of anything, not even their own spirits. So God owns it all, period. It's his. Uh, Huska Castle was built with no fortifications, no source of water, no kitchen, no near trade routes, no external defenses, and no occupants at the time of completion, which would have been extremely unusual for the day and time that it was built in, you know, what, back in the 60s, 1600s, I believe. Um, it is in a forest area with swamps and mountains. The castle was not built as a residence or a protective sanctuary, but instead built because the hole was thought to be a gateway to hell. Thus, by constructing the Gothic building, they thought they were able to keep demons trapped in the lower levels, the thickest walls closest to the hole of the castle. The Travel Channel series of legendary locations covered several sites in Season 2, Episode 4, including this castle. Um, Huska, was also, Huska Castle was also featured in an episode of Ghost Hunters International, which aired in Sci-Fi on July 22, 2009. And then Most Haunted Live visited the castle on March 26, 2010. And then another team of French paranormal researchers went there in 2013. I'm just going to play you a little bit because I have got a lot of inquiries about this, so I'm going to give you a little more history here. Stuff Out of the spookiest mysteries about Hoska Castle is why it exists at all. Constructed sometime in the mid-13th century, although some sources trace it to the reign of King Wenceslas I, Rad Hoska's location makes no logical sense. Surrounded by impenetrable forest, it sat alongside no medieval trade routes, nor was it a place of great strategic importance or near a military frontier. The castle was built far from any water source, with only a heavy stone cistern that caught the rain, stopping those inside from dying of thirst. In short, life here for medieval Czechs would have been a gigantic pain in the Zadek. But that assumes people actually lived in Hradhoska. Weirdly, the castle was built without a kitchen, suggesting that people only stayed there fleetingly at best. Weirder still, there were no defensive walls, something of a rarity in these war-torn times. At least, there weren't on the outside. Although it's long since been torn down, there's evidence an old defensive wall used to exist facing inwards, into the courtyard. In European castle architecture, such a layout is totally unique, which naturally begs the question- Why would you face the walls inward? to keep something in. Well, why did they do it? Why go to all that trouble building a weird inverted castle in a completely useless place? Of course, there are multiple theories, but for now, we'll stick with the freaky ones. According to the oldest known source, Hoska Castle was built to keep something that must not be named from escaping into this world. From this point on, the story goes full on HP Lovecraft. Oral tales from this time say that the castle was built directly over a fissure in the hill, one from which foul-smelling fumes escaped. They further say that the fissure was so deep, no one could see the bottom of it, just endless darkness. Perhaps So that's what it was before the castle was built there was a fissure there that emitted probably a you know smell from the pit of hell foul smelling and 
the other stuff he's going to get into. The legends arose that this fissure was an entrance to hell itself. Certainly, it seems something spooked those living nearby. Accounts of the time are full of tales of strange creatures that would crawl out of the pit at night, chimeras that were part animal and part human. Right. Others talk of vaguely human shapes with vast leathery wings that would fly out of the fissure and attack the castle or destroy crops. While all of this might smack of medieval peasants having a bit too much silver vitsa, the authorities were seemingly spooked enough to seal off the crack from the outside world. But when it came time to start construction, no one wanted to just build across it without figuring out what this pit really was, without finding out what was really down there. What they discovered would make the legends of Hrad Hoska seem more terrifying than ever. Okay, so I'm going to go to the next video now because they kind of get into that a little bit more. Um, and this guy's a Christian that actually did this particular video on the, uh, on the castle. Okay, so it's, it opens up by saying, Early Christians, as well as Hebrews, Assyrians, Greeks, and other ancient cultures believe that such dimensional gateways exist and can be opened between the material world and the spiritual. There is a mysterious ancient castle hidden deep within the mountain. Now, if you watch the videos, you're gonna, especially this video, you're gonna really see um, amazing like drone footage of Huska Castle, and you'll get a better idea of, um, you know, like everything about it. Of the Czech Republic, legend has it that this castle was built directly on top of a gateway into hell. Local folklore describes the portal as a bottomless pit which entities used as a physical entrance into our world. Join us as we investigate the legend of Hell's Gate at Hauska Castle. Welcome to Castle Hotska. There is no reason for this structure to exist way out here in the middle of nowhere. This is the inner courtyard, gentlemen, where many horrific events have taken place. We unearthed uh, three Nazi uh, soldiers who were executed. We have a prominent writer who stayed here during the end of the 1800s. Now, the, the Nazis during World War II took this castle over and they burned all their records. I'm not sure if he gets into that, but before they left, at the end of the war, they burned all the records. So we really don't know what they did, but we know that Hitler was absolutely obsessed with the occult and his henchmen were obsessed with the occult. Um, man, they were they had that one castle that they had built that, I mean, was just absolutely a, a place they could go and do rituals, high level. And it was on a very specific piece of, of, of ground um, that had a lot of occult significance, um, and um, they the the occult was a gigantic, the really the backbone of the Nazi regime. They were obsessed with it, so this is a place they would have sought out in order to only do or God knows what, maybe contact entities. I. I but we don't know a lot about what the Nazis because they burned all the records and um, really not a lot's got out about that. 
and reported that he saw winged black creatures flying around this courtyard where we stand right now. What normally one would consider demonic. Okay, now this again, this is some paranormal team ghost hunters that went there. I'm gonna I'm gonna let that guy talk again real quick here. Of a prominent writer who stayed here during the end of the 1800s and reported that he saw winged black creatures flying around this courtyard where we stand right now. What normally one would consider demonic and demons. What we're standing on right now used to be a hole going so far down that no one knew its depth. Well, the hole's still there. They just covered it with, I mean, I don't know how many feet thick the covering is, but um, that's where they're, they're in the chapel right now. Villagers, they saw uh, a half-human and half-animal-like creatures. They believe that this is the gate to hell. Like a Nephilim? Like the Book of Enoch would talk about, where the, the fallen angels defile, like the Greek legends of old, the Minotaurs and the Centaurs and the, you know, Griffins and half-human, half-bird, half-bull, half-whatever reptile. Or maybe different animals combined together. We're doing the same thing today. The fallen angels are inspiring man and probably in underground bases, they're doing the exact same thing today. They're creating these types of creatures because they're always about seeking to defile God's creation. When this structure began construction, they took all the prisoners from the local prison, they gave them a death part. If they would allow themselves to be lowered into the hole, they would be set free. First prisoner went down. After a few seconds, he began screaming bloody murder. He had white hair, wrinkles, looked like he had aged several decades and several minutes. He went to the insane asylum and died two days later of unknown causes. Housegood Castle was an early Gothic structure built between the years 1253 and 1278, and folk legends surrounding the castle make for a chilling tale. The legends hold that Housegood Castle was built on top of an apparent bottomless pit, and the hole that locals contend led straight into hell. And what's worse, it didn't just lead to hell, but it also led hell into our world. As the villagers were terrified of half-human and winged creatures which would emerge and confine the villagers to their homes at night. <laughs> Legend has it that during its construction, the pit was used as a form of justice. And, and again, you, you look at like the show Stranger Things, okay? You look at so many of the reports that I have done over the years where these cryptozoological creatures, Bigfoot, Dogmen, um, you name it, okay? werewolves, vampires, these types of things that Hollywood has devoted billions of dollars to promote in movies and sci-fi and things of this nature. Aliens and whatever, all these other... that They're just chomping at the bit to make their big debut. And that most Christians are going to have no clue what to do when that happens. Now, again, I don't know how much God's going to let that manifest or happen. I don't know. But I do want my listeners to be prepared in that eventuality that that does happen. Um, as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the days of the coming of the Son of Man. I guarantee you these, I mean, we, we knew that the Nephilim walked the earth in those days. And now half fallen angel, half human. The men of old, the men of renown, the Bible says. Translated from Nephilim, the fallen ones. Right from Genesis 6. Then you have Enoch, the which I'm not saying it's canon of scripture, but you know, it's it's an expansion on Genesis 6. I think there's some things you can glean out of there. Um, 
we've got all that. If that was happening in Noah's day and there was hybrid creatures, guaranteed there was probably these types of hybrid creatures that were walking the earth as well. So we really don't know exactly what's coming. I, I can't, but I want my listeners to be prepared for worst case scenario and realize that no matter what comes, what matter, what might be released, you have greater power than they'll ever have. If you have faith, if you have faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, is not my word like as a fire, saith the Lord, and like a hammer that breaketh the rock in pieces. When the enemy shall come in like a flood, the Lord will raise up a standard against him. No weapon that is formed against thee shall prosper, and every tongue that shall rise up against thee in condemnation, thou shall condemn. I heard a preacher the other day, one I greatly respect, and I just couldn't believe he made this flippant remark. He says, he was talking about, um, oh, and, you know, the paranormal and then he got into the cryptozoological just real brief mention and he said something to the effect of you know talk about uh bigfoot or dogman something that nobody's ever seen oh really you could literally have millions of firsthand eyewitness accounts of people that have seen bigfoot dogmen or other cryptozoological creatures but yet you act as though your one little flippant statement nullifies their real terrifying experiences that they have personally had. That one guy on that just reads all letters over and over and over. It's called How to Hunt on YouTube. Yeah, all those people are just a bunch of of um, morons and idiots that every single thing they're saying has no merit. Many of them have never said a word about their experiences for years, and this is like one place they felt like they could go in safety where they could have their experiences with these cryptozoological creatures mentioned without being ridiculed or scorned. Now, he's not a Christian, the guy that, but he will read many, many times. He'll read anything that comes in, and he does read when the Christians will say, and I've heard it over and over and over again on his channel, not to mention many others, that when I was in, when I encountered Bigfoot, okay, or Dogman, or whatever, or a werewolf, when I cried out to the Lord Jesus Christ, it was like throwing battery acid on them, or the attack stopped, or whatever. And that's the same thing that goes for alien abductions, which two to three percent of the U.S. population has said that they have had happen to them are they all crazy that pastor would throw them all under the bus too with this flippant little comment not backing anything up just saying it like they're all crazy and that's the the problem i saw a gigantic problem with the baptist mindset when i was in there because you couldn't talk about this stuff at all you're just nuts so they're going to be totally ill-equipped or totally unprepared to deal with anything from a occultic slash cryptozoological paranormal thing to, things to come. Totally ill-equipped. And not only that, their congregations are going to be totally ill-equipped because they've been taught their, their whole teaching under these preachers 
that none of that has any merit. That if you believe in that, you're a crackpot or you're just a tinfoil hat wearing moron. I was really disappointed to hear that, but it didn't surprise me. Um, if we're around long enough to see it, we're all going to be true believers, I believe. I, I don't think these things, I don't think that Hollywood has spent the billions and billions and billions preparing society regarding these entities and all the millions across the world of firsthand sightings or people that have said they've gotten abducted or had encounters with quote aliens. I don't think Hollywood's done all that and all the stuff with soft disclosure and our own government to say that none of none of anything is going to come out of any of it. Why would Satan have invested so much in preparing humanity for these things if nothing was going to transpire? Now, I'm not saying God couldn't prevent it from transpiring. But I know I've had my own encounters with things and I've went to try to <laughs> engage them. And I've always done it through the Lord Jesus Christ. And so far, there's been no takers but I've had listeners that have seen stuff. I've had many, many. Are they just lying to me every time? All the stuff I've seen firsthand that God's done miraculously from a supernatural level. Again, just key in my supernatural teachings. I know it's real. Time and time and time again. And I've seen God get the victory every single time. So, this type of stuff that we're listening to here really shouldn't surprise us. That the condemned were offered a reprieve if they agreed to be lowered into the abyss and report on its depth. As the legend goes, one unfortunate man was lowered down only to let loose a series of agonized screams. When he was pulled out, he had aged 30 years instantly. He had gone in a young man, and when he came out, he was withered, old, and grave, and not to mention raving mad. This castle sat undisturbed. I think he died like the next day or two days later or something for nearly 700 years until the 1940s when the Nazis came and took over the castle. Today's visitors can tour the castle, which housed Nazis and legendary demons. Some visitors have reported hearing a chorus of screens emanating from the chapel floor that was built over the hole, as well as clawing and scraping noises. The yeah. Bible makes it clear that portals like this... Yeah, people have spent the night down there and they, and they have heard scratching from below. Um where it's you know sealed or whatever <laughs> send me god i'll go oh man i just see i love to see god get the glory i just want to get it on film i want to get it on film so the whole world could see it you know how many people get saved from you know seeing evil vanquished seeing the power of god because all all, all your talk in the secular world through the Hollywood and through is, you know, the only one that has the power is the devil. You know, you, even the paranormal shows, you know, they bring on a Catholic priest and he gets his butt kicked usually in these types of scenarios whenever he's dealing with the devil or if, or if it is, it's some temporary reprieve or whatever. I want to see Lord Jesus Christ get the credit. 
only exist, but have been used throughout history as a way for the unseen entities to gain access into our world and manipulate mankind. Ephesians 6.12, quote, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Now, let's take a look at the legend that surrounds Hauska Castle. If you go to the website, atlasobscura.com, they have a nice article written out about this castle. Quote, In the second half of the 13th century, a mysterious Gothic castle was built. It wasn't near any water, it wasn't strategically important, and it didn't seem to have anyone living in it. And you should see the where it's built. I mean, it's got a sheer... Literally, the wall goes down into a sheer rock face. I don't even know how you would build something like that. It would be such a logistical nightmare. And remember, we're talking 13th century. We're talking a hundred times more of a logistical nightmare to build something like that, to get materials to it, to build it literally where you're uh, you're just like a cliff face comes up and then you're just adding on to that they probably had to build it in in such a way in that manner because of where this fissure was at they probably didn't have a choice according to local legend it was meant to trap demons supposedly a gate to hell opened on the craggy check mountain the castle was constructed around the portal, and a chapel was plopped directly on top of the hole to keep evil monsters from spilling out of the underworld and slipping into the human realm. Folklore says the supposed gate to hell was so deep no one could see the bottom of it, and those who did attempt to enter the dark orifice encountered demonic human-animal hybrids. People claim cars won't start near the castle, and strange, bleeding beasts still roam the area after dark. The article goes on to say, Nazis occupied the fortress during World War II, and multiple myths abound about their supposed occult involvement there. If this truly is built on top of some sort of portal into another world, it makes total sense why the Nazis would occupy it. We all know about the Nazis' heavy involvement in occult practices. The Vril Society is just one example of that. It's a document. Walesburg Castle, too. They had that, that castle, which was like there. It was considered the heart and soul and power source of the Nazi SS, which was the elite crack troops of the Nazi regime, like his Praetorian Guard. And that was like their their um, their power source. I remember a long time ago, Doc Marquis when I was in correspondence with him, sent me like these, this was a long time ago, probably in the early, late 90s. He sent me like these tapes, VHS tapes. I still might have them on the occult um, underp underpinnings of the Nazi regime. And, and it, it got into a lot of that. Fact that the Nazis were heavily into black magic rituals and human sacrifice. Now let's go check out another website called TraceBohemies.com. They have an article entitled The Frightening Legend of Hauska Castle. Let's read this together. Hauska Castle is a Czech clifftop castle shrouded in dark myths and legends. It was originally constructed in the 13th century between 1253 1278 AD, during the reign of Ottokar II of Bohemia. The castle, which was built in the early Gothic style, is located about an hour north of Prague on top of a steep rocky cliff 
in the Czech countryside. It is thought to be one of the most haunted locations in the world. At first glance, the castle seems quite ordinary, but upon closer inspection, one notices a few strange features. Firstly, many of the castle's windows are actually fake. If you look closely, you'll see that most of the windows are merely facades, glass panes behind which sturdy walls are built. Secondly, the castle has no fortifications, no water source, no kitchen, and for years after it was constructed, there were no occupants. I mean, no kitchen, no. It, it wasn't meant to be occupied. It was meant to be, like, to keep something in. It makes it clear that Hauska Castle was not built as a prospective sanctuary or a residence. The location of the castle is also peculiar. It is situated on a remote area surrounded by thick forests, swamps, and sandstone mountains. The location has no strategic value and is not situated near any trading routes. Many people have wondered why Hauska Castle was built in such a strange location. Ancient legends may be able to answer that question. According to folklore, Hauska Castle was constructed over a large hole in the ground which was known as the Gateway to Hell. It is fabled that the hole was so deep that no one could see the bottom of it. Legend has it that half-animal, half-human creatures used to crawl out of the pit at night and that black-winged creatures used to attack locals and drag them down into the hole. Oh, it was believed that the castle was built to keep the evil in. The location of the castle was specifically chosen in order to cover up this mysterious pit from which the demonic creatures emerged at night. The castle chapel was specifically built under the cover of darkness. The blackness of darkness, which is when they choose. And again, they get the color black, you know, regarding that they they do their, their deeds in the darkness because their deeds are evil, like the Bible talks about. For the bottomless pit in order to seal the evil in and keep demonic creatures from entering our world. But even today, over 700 years after the pit was sealed, visitors still claim to hear the scratching of creatures from the lower floors at night, trying to claw their way up to the surface. Others claim to hear a chorus of screams coming from beneath the heavy floor. When the construction of the castle began, it is said that all the village's prisoners who had been sentenced to death were offered pardons if they agreed to be lowered by rope into the bottomless pit and then to report back what they saw. The first man was tied up and lowered into the hole, and a few seconds after he had disappeared into the darkness, he began screaming in horror and begged to be pulled back up. When the prisoner who was a young man, was pulled back up to the surface. He looked like he had aged 30 years in the few seconds he was in the pit. His hair had turned white and he had grown extremely wrinkled. He was still screaming when they pulled him up to the surface. He had been so disturbed by what he experienced in the darkness that he was sent to an insane asylum where he died two days later from unknown causes. According to the legend, the scratching of the winged creatures trying to claw their way to the surface can still be heard. Phantoms have been seen walking the empty halls of the castle, and Nazis specifically chose Hauska Castle in order to harness the power of hell yes. for themselves. Multiple paranormal television shows have visited Hauska Castle and concluded that it is, in fact, haunted. Now, the most important thing to remember about all this is that Jesus Christ already defeated all these entities. Amen. Philippians 2, chapter 9, verse 11. Quote, Therefore, God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, in heaven and on earth and under the earth. Under the earth. 
<laughs> See, all these creatures, they're all going to bow before the Lord Jesus Christ. So, they're defeated. See, this is the thing. It's, to engage in spiritual warfare, you have to have, believe and have the faith that you have that power through the Lord Jesus Christ as a saved believer. You know? Without faith, it is impossible to please God. Faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. And faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And in the biggest, um, well, the Bible says above all taking up the shield of faith, uh, wherewith you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. So the bigger your faith, the bigger your shield, the more protection that you have. And then it says, taking up the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, which is the only offensive weapon in the armor. So you quote scripture. You know, that's how Jesus dealt with Satan when he tempted him. And it's one of the ways that, that you can have the offense and actually take the offensive regarding dealing with any evil entity. And every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father, end quote. Okay, so, um, like I said, I'd gotten a lot of requests on that and um, uh, really good feedback too underneath here um, from the people that watch the video. And again, what it does is, you know, um, it's a faith-building type of thing when you start to comprehend this. It really is. It's a faith-building thing. And um, it really makes the Bible come alive because there's a whole lot of spiritual, evil, wicked warfare going on, particularly like in the book of Revelation. <laughs> okay? And we can expect a lot of that in the end, end times we're moving into. So anyway, I'm, I'm going to shift gears in the next part of the study. So I'll go ahead and end this here. And God bless you and see you in part two.